We continue our series entitled, Jesus Puts the Stud in Bible Study. Jessica Tabe speaks again for us today on the vitality of the Word of God in our present worldly culture. To prove his point, he offers stats about the mental health toll that the world has on people these days. In addition, he provides three things to remember about the Word of God. Now let's dive into Justin Katabe's message. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back. And uh, um, I'm so excited. Today I'm going to talk about Jesus. Last time I talked about myself and uh, what Jesus has done in my life. And so it's good to be here, and I hope uh, for those who haven't met me, my name is Jeston Katebe, and uh, originally from Zambia. I'm actually associate minister here in discipleship and uh, missions, and uh, I'm in charge of the singles. So if you're single, you're my man. And uh, so we, we meet every Sunday at uh, 11, uh, in uh, room 8232. So here we are today. Since we are doing a summer in the Psalms, I decided to go to the Psalms. And I chose the Psalm 119, which is really full of the description of the Word of God in so many different ways. And so, um, so Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 119 is actually just, um, the summary of it would be, I can't live without your word. Teach me your word. Basically, that's what uh, the psalmist covers. He, he talks about the importance of the word of God he talks about how the Word of God will keep him from sin. He also talks about how the Word of God is his uh, refuge. And he also talks about how he feels when he meditates upon the Word of God. And so to, to this morning, my desire is to be able to amplify what he says in our generation, because there's, uh, there's kind of a gap between what we believe and what we actually experience. So that gap between what the Word of God says and what our experience is must actually come closer and closer for us to experience what God's Word can do, not in the Bible days, but in our generation. The Word of God is just as powerful during the time Jesus was on earth, during the early church, and in our generation. But there's a, there's a, there's a gulf between what we believe, what we know the Word of God says, and what our experience is. And so I, I'm going to try to um, talk about that. First of all, I would like to say the Word of God is powerful. Hebrews 4 verse 12. The Bible says, For the Word of God is alive. Meaning wherever God sends His, His Word, it will bring life. Meaning that the Word that God speaks will come 
to pass. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, wherever God sends his word, he will demonstrate or he will bring to pass what he says. Psalm 119 verse 17 says, Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. The psalmist is saying, listen, God, I want to obey your word. Be good to me. You know, and he says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Not that he's blind, but he wants to understand the word of God. He wants to experience the word of God so that it can make sense to him. Open my eyes. You know, I'm reminded of the time that uh, Elisha, Elisha was surrounded by the Syrian army, and his servant looked through the window and saw all these uh, uh, guys, uh, armies of uh, Syria, and he was afraid. And he says to his master, we are in trouble because we are surrounded. And then the master says to him, they that are for us are many than they that are for them. And he prayed the prayer and said, Lord, open his eyes. Not, not that he was blind, but he says, open his eyes so that he can see that many are they that are for us than they that are against us. There is a place in our Christian lives where our eyes need to be opened to the wonderful Word of God, where the Word of God ceases to just be ink and paper, where the Word of God becomes actively active in our lives in terms of our experience. The thing is, the culture we live in can have tremendous effect on how we believe the Word of God. Because we, most of the times as human beings, we are governed by our culture. And so when you try to believe the Word of God, it's almost like you're going against the grain. Because culture, our, in most of the cultures today on earth, there is no indication or, or the, it doesn't show us how to believe the word of God and live by the word of God. And so sometimes we read the word and interpret it or understand it in the realm of our culture and experience. In other words, if I have not experienced the word of God as a healing word, because my culture says only uh, doctors have the power to heal in our generation, when you are sick, go to the hospital, 
When you are sick, go, call 911 because that's the culture of the day. But the, the example I can give is in James, where James says, Is there anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Culture says, no, you don't have to call for the elders of the church. In, in, in some cases, if you call the elders of the church, the first thing they will ask you is, did you call 911? Because our culture, our culture is not to trust in the word of God, even though the word of God is very clear. And it says we can trust the word, what God says about healing, we can trust him. Now, this is not to say we don't have to go to the hospital and doctors are irrelevant. No, this is to say what comes to your mind, the first, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you fall sick? Is it to trust the word of God before we can trust our, uh, our systems? So culture and experience, when we read the Word of God, we find that God says He's a healer, but our culture doesn't support that. It doesn't support that. So because we have not seen somebody healed, like really a miracle of healing, we don't go there. I come from a, a, a society that, uh, first of all, when we, uh, we were colonized by the British, Zambia was colonized by the British, and we got our independence in 1964, and after we got our independence, our, our economy was great. It was very good. Hospitals were stocked with medic, medicines, and everything was good. But there came a time when our economy went down. And so in hospitals, you, you couldn't find so much of medication there. And so what happened then, uh, we developed a certain culture. And the culture was that the people started to go to witch doctors, those that, those that don't believe in the power of God, and Christians started to run to God when they are sick. So we developed a culture of dependence on God for our healing. And so it, was, it became easy for us to trust and believe the word of God because that was the only hope that we had. And so it, it was easy for us to see the power of God at work because when you and I trust the word of God, we trust God, he will be able to demonstrate his power in us. God wants to find opportunities where he can glorify himself. When the people of God believe his word, trust his word, and God knows that they are sincerely trusting him, God will demonstrate his power so that he can be glorified. So our needs, our, uh, our situations are opportunities for God to show himself real. 
for God to show that he's got power to be able to demonstrate in our generation. Not only the generations of the early church, but today in our lives. We can trust him. We can believe the word of God because God says, so shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It shall not return back to me void, but it shall accomplish whatever I have purposed it for and wherever I send it, it shall prosper. And God will back his word when people of God can trust him and believe that he is God who spoke the word and you stand on the word of God. I have come to learn in my own Christian life that I must live by the word of God. I must live by the word of God. As a Christian, the only hope I have is what God says in his word. Western culture is designed in such a way that you have no need for God. That's what I've discovered. I've lived in the U.S. since 2001. And I have seen that, I, and I lived in, uh, in U.K. For, for some time also there. And in both countries, I, dis I have discovered that they have made it so easy for people to trust in man-made stuff. I remember when I was in Bible college, 1988 in Dallas, one of the things that our friends used to tell us from Africa, they said, the reason why you Africans pray a lot is because for everything you have to pray. If you need a shirt, you have to pray. If you need shoes, you have to pray. But if I need something, I just go to Walmart and buy it. If I need something, there's always something available which I can get without prayer. And so that kind of attitude has sipped in many people's minds that the first thing we think of is not the word of God. We have resources. If I need to buy something and I don't have the cash or the money to buy at that time, I have a credit card. So I just go to the store and buy. If I need a house, I go to the bank and ask for a mortgage. Whereas where I, my background is, if I need a house, I must work hard. And after I buy the house, there is no bank money in it. And so because we are cultured in that way, we don't see any other, any other way of uh, doing things. But we have all this lined up if I need to repair my, my sprinkler system, 
I have a sprinkler guy, and I don't have to have money in my bank, I will use my credit card. So simple. And this whole system, as I see it, is designed for God not to be our helper. I know that uh, many, there are many Christians who go beyond that and believe God and trust God. And I, I know guys that uh, say, have said to me, I don't have any debt in my life because I buy cash. I use my credit card to build my, my, my credit, but I don't depend on it. If I don't have money in the bank, I don't have money. I, they say I use my credit card to be able to uh, just as, a, as an available resource, but I have money in the bank before I use it. And so the whole system, ladies and uh, gentlemen, the whole system is kind of designed to take our mind away from God, our dependence on God, to trusting the systems that we live with. And so it becomes hard to be able to uh, step out and believe the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 10 says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. The psalmist is saying, listen God, I want to live by your commands. Teach me so that I don't stray away from your commands. In other words, the only thing I have in the earth is what you have said. And so help me not to stray away from what you have said. Because he lives by the word of God. You know, last week I spoke briefly about the prosperity of the soul. That when your soul is prospering, it affects your health, it affects other uh, things in your life that would prosper. In uh, 3 John chapter 2, uh, uh, 3 John 2, the Bible says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So your soul is getting along well. It affects how your health is going to be it also affects how your prosperity in life is going to be. Now, where does the prosperity of the soul comes, come from? It is by the word of God. It is by the word of God. Gentlemen, when we uh, look at what's going on around us today, one of the things that is really rampant, I was just checking out, uh, the general mental health data, the source is Mental Health America. 
And they said nearly one in five American adults will have a, diagno uh, a diagnosable mental health condition in any given year. We are plagued with mental issues. Why? The soul consists of mind, will, and emotions. And so if my soul and your soul is not doing well according to the word of God, our emotions will be affected. The way we make decisions will be affected. And the way we go forward, we think the intellect will be affected. And so God has made a provision for the word to guide us, for the word to be able to lead us and bring sanity to our minds. If you and I stay in the word and believe the word and practice it, our minds will be sound because the intention of God is to make our minds sound by the prosperity of our souls. Says, and uh, the other statistic says, 46% of Americans will meet the criteria for a diagnosable uh, mental health condition sometime in their life. And half of those people will develop conditions by the age of 14. The only thing that I see that can counteract the mental disorders that we experience is the word of God. Because as we read from the first scripture, the word of God is alive. It is alive. That is why the psalmist in 119, he says, I will meditate upon your word. Because the word of God is life-giving. There is no way you and I can be successful Christians if we don't read the word, memorize the word, and practice the word. We will not make it as Christians. We will live by the dictates of the world systems. Because that's what we know. That's what, is, that's what is brought in our faces every day of our lives, the world systems. But God in our generation wants us to receive the word, believe that word, practice it, and live it out. And that, I promise you, will help us not to have mental disorders because the word will cause our souls to prosper. I'm not saying this just for the sake of saying it. I know it. I know the word of God is alive. Psalm 119 verse 28, My soul is weary with sorrow 
Strengthen me according to your word. My soul is weary. Anxiety is there. And sorrow fills my soul. And he says, strengthen me according to your word. In other words, the psalmist knows that the word of God brings strength. The word of God brings strength. Psalm 119 verse 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselor. They are my counselor. When I read the word of God, I want it to counsel me, in other words. And it's the best counselor, gentlemen, we can receive. I try to live by the word of God, and I see the word of God working in my life. Last week I told you about my knees. Now I have healthy needs because I believed the word of God. My sight was giving up and I couldn't uh, see properly, you know. My sight has been restored, I can read anything. Small letters, I can read them because I trust the word of God. I found in the Bible where it's said about Moses that he never lost his sight. His sight was, a, was as good as a young man. And one day I went back to Zambia to visit and I was driving, my mom seated with me. My mom is a great woman of faith. She believes the word of God. She, she doesn't believe in modern medicine. She prays when she's sick. And she's lived like that since 1981. Believing the word of God, trusting the word of God every day of her life, and it works for her. She's 86 years old. And so I'm driving, and there she was. I saw her. You know, in, in Zambia, you have to buy talk time. Uh, to put in your phone, so there is a code that you have to punch into your phone, and the numbers are so, used to be so small that you can hardly see them. So I saw my mom, I knew my mom read, uh, reads with uh, glasses on, and she scratched that, that card and started to punch numbers in, in her phone when I couldn't see those numbers myself. And when she did that, I said, Mom, can you read those numbers? She said, yes. I said, I thought you, you wear glasses. You use glasses to read. She said, I stopped a long time ago. I was reading the Bible one day with my glasses on. And all of a sudden, it hit me that I am old and I have no much resources. And if I broke the glasses, how can I read the word of God? And she said to me, I put the glasses on my Bible and I said to God, God, you created these eyes. I don't want to use the glasses from now on. And she says, I looked at the Bible, 
the words looked fuzzy, not clear. And she says, I saw the words in my Bible like come together and I started to read. I thought to myself, Lord, I'm losing my sight day by day. I need glasses right now. If my mom can trust you for her sight and you heal her completely because of the power of your word, I will trust you. It's been a long journey for me. But God has healed my eyesight, trusting the word of God. So what I'm telling you, gentlemen, is not something I have read. It's my experience in God. The word of God is powerful to work just as much as it worked in the early days. This message is actually a long message, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna shorten it. I want to just, uh, in a few minutes, give you three things to remember. Number one is that man's calling is to live by the word of God. Man's calling on earth is to live by the word of God. Deuteronomy 8 verse 3 says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your, your ancestors had known to teach you, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. In other words, in order to keep our bodies alive, we need bread. In order for us to live victoriously as Christians, we need the word of God. Jesus also quoted, quoted it, uh, the same Deuteronomy in Matthew 4 verse 4. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by ev on every word that comes from the mouth of God. God designed us to live by his word. Your health, your prosperity in life is dependent on what the word of God says. The second thing is that meditation and the confessing the word are the keys to success. If you want to be able to have a successful life, Psalm 119 verse 13 says, With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. In other words, I confess your word. I confess your word with my lips. And then in, uh, uh, in verse 40, uh, 49, never take your word of truth from my mouth. That's confession of the mouth of the, the word of God. When you and I are confessing the word of God, we are lining up with what God's desire and what, God's, uh, 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 what God wants us to do. And he says, uh, for I have put my hope in your laws. 
Joshua 1 verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. One of the courses that I have taught in Bible school is Joshua, the book of Joshua. And I have believed that word, that if you meditate on the word of God, if you uh, uh, keep practicing the word of God, you will have good success. That's the promise of God. God is not man that he can lie. What he says in his word will come to pass for us. All we have to do is go beyond our experience, go beyond our culture, and start to believe the word of God. The word of God works. It works. And number three, for lack of time, the power of the word works in us by the Holy Spirit. When we take in the word of God, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond what we can imagine or think, according to the power that is at work in us. We take in the word, and the Holy Spirit activates the word in us, so that what the word says may come to pass. Gentlemen, we can trust the word of God in this, our generation. We can believe what God says, and God will bring it to pass. I would rather believe God and die believing God in my sickness and disease when doctors have failed to help me. I would rather continue to trust God until I die. And God is faithful. He will always fulfill his word. He's looking for opportunities in our lives where he can glorify himself. And I hope that each one of us will learn or continue for those that have already known to trust the word of God and put it into practice so that it can work for us. The word of God is beneficial. My life is based on the word of God because I've come this far and I have found no fault in the word of God. I'll continue to believe it. I'll continue to trust it until I die. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Let me just pray before we leave. Our God and our Father, we are so grateful for giving us an opportunity to listen to your word this, this morning. Lord, we are hungry for you. We want to experience you in our generation. We want to be a testimony for you, to love you, to walk with you every day of our lives. Here are the men that you brought today to listen to what I had to say today. I pray, Father God, that you would work wonders in each one of us. I pray that you will help us to trust your living word that we may say it 
come to pass every day of our lives. We want to live by your word because your word will prosper us. We give you honor and we give you praise. We go in our different walks of life this morning and I pray that, oh God, you will be with us. Give us opportunities where you will be able to glorify yourself through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God richly bless you, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to future episodes of Men's Bible Study.